Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm happy today to introduce to you my new friend, Janelle Wood. She lives up in the beautiful state of Washington. And um, she has a very unique podcast, a fellow podcaster with a unique, uh, well, she just called it a burden on her heart, but a burden that uh, is bearing fruit. And the name of her podcast is Finding Something Real. But real, uh, as we all of us English majors love acronyms, she's going to explain what real is. And Janelle, Mm -hmm. tell us first a little bit about your family, where you're from, uh, and then we'll get into your legacy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sue, for having me on here. It's a joy and a privilege uh, to talk with you. I'm excited um, to have this conversation. Um, Let's see. My name is Janelle. That's already covered. (laughs) I am married to the love of my life. He's a school administrator, and that's why we live here. We have four biological children whom are a joy and a blessing, and I'm very thankful that my parents live close by and they get to run over there quite a bit. And their age is five to 11. And then we have what I call our four exchange daughters who live around the world. And uh, our oldest is Lika. She's 21. We have Ruby, who's 18 in Taiwan. We have Lou, who's 18 in Italy. And then we have Nora, who is 18 as well. And she's in Sweden. And uh, so that's a little bit about my family structure and what was the other part of the question? Well, I'm interested about your four, four extra kids because we've had over 40 kids live with us from around the world. In the really? Last, yeah. My kids were raised with other people. Yeah. And uh, part of it was a part-time job for me, but it was always a ministry. So how did mm-hmm. you get those four? Did they actually live with you or you just know uh, them? You know? Well, three of them have lived with us. Um, two of them for 10 months, uh, one of them for eight months because of COVID, and one of them wasn't able to come because of COVID. Oh. But we all have pretty consistent relationships. My only daughter that I, don't to, I, that I don't talk to on a regular basis is Ruby from Taiwan, and that's mostly a cultural thing. But uh, we talk about once a month probably. Wonderful. And um, how we got into it was um, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I was a, a little girl who loved Jesus from the very early age. Um, but because of some different family dynamics that were completely out of my control, Um, dealt with a lot of rejection issues as a young girl. Hmm. And I always felt like I wasn't enough. Um, The view that I had of Jesus was really beautiful and pure, but the view I had of God the Father was really like this judgmental father who was just going to get me anytime I I wasn't good enough. And I felt very much like um, I... I just needed to prove myself and be good enough. And at the same time, I had this deep desire to be loved and to be accepted. And I listened to your episode about doubt, Sue, and you talked about being boy crazy. I was boy crazy. I was (laughs) so obsessed with um, (laughs) like romantic movies and the happily ever after. And somebody was going to come and he was going to love me and accept me in the areas that some of my, uh, you know, family members hadn't. And um, so I started, even though I had a great youth group and I got to see what Christianity could really look like in such a beautiful way. And I had great parents who loved the Lord, um, even in the midst of a lot of crazy family dynamics. Um, I just really struggled with a lot of self-doubt, 
a lot of feeling like I wasn't enough and a lot of feeling like um, if I could just be somebody else. I mean, I didn't even like who I was. And I, I was afraid to tell anybody about that because I was a good Christian girl. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with a boy from my youth group who ended up becoming agnostic. And I knew that it wasn't right. And I remember going back and forth with him, you know, for years, really. And finally coming to the point where I was like, God, you know, I know you've taken this away from me multiple times. I know that's from you, but I want him more than you. And uh, nobody knew. That was just something that I had decided in my heart. Um, And we broke up. (laughs) Uh, I don't need to get into the gory details, but we broke up at a very pivotal point. All the women want the gory details. (laughs) So you broke up with him, even though you told God you wanted him more than God. No, I mean, I did not. I mean, it was a really, such a crazy journey. At one point, I thought things were going great. And I'm like, God, you can have this relationship if you want it. The next day we broke up. He broke up with me. And then uh, months back and forth and back and forth, he was uh, studying for his MCAT. He was going to be a doctor. And um, I I was like, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm just going to give him everything. I'm going to give him everything. And that night that um, I was house sitting at a house and I was like, I had it all planned out in my head. Um, he broke up with me wow. and it was devastating, it but it was God's mercy. It yeah, was God's it was, mercy. But I felt like I was faking faith for a long time and I was so hurt and wounded. I came back to the Lord and, you know, I was like <laughs> crawling on my hands and knees, but again, just felt like I wasn't enough, you know, and um, but still, I've always had a heart for evangelism. I've always had a heart to share Jesus with people. Um, but at the same time, secretly just like hating how he made me hmm. and uh, feeling like, man, if I was just somebody else, it would be better. And so I met and married a wonderful man. That was my husband, Brian. We've been married for 16 years. And again, you know, those old issues of insecurity and wondering who I am and wondering who God was come up and I uh, take it out on my husband because, you know, you know, uh, marriage is not always happily ever after, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's two people who love each other and uh, maybe are meant for each other, <laughs> it can be messy. And so I was not very kind to my husband at all during those early years of our marriage. And I said, why don't we just have a baby? Which, you know, always It's going to solve everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. This is a long answer to your question. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, we, ch- we started trying to have a family. Um, we couldn't. Um, hmm. We had a, a miscarriage, a missed miscarriage. And I just remember like trying to negotiate with God. Like, I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be the good girl. I've been good this whole time. I came back to you. I'm dedicating my life to you. I'm walking with you. And... Um, Three months later, we had another missed miscarriage, very similar situation, exactly the same way that I begged God that it wouldn't happen. Hmm. And that uh, led to a year of infertility and a year of me questioning everything I believed in. Like, do I really believe this? Do I really trust God? I remember at one point asking my husband, like, how do you know that God is real? He was was a science teacher for years before he was an administrator. He was like, well, (laughs) I know that for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And when I look around the world and I see as much evil as we see in the world, I know that there's as much good. And for whatever reason, at that time in my life, I just clung to that. And I would look around outside and I would say, man, I know there's a God. There's no, like, for me, that was never a question that there was a God, but I was just feeling like, Oh, all the all the feelings of rejection that I'd felt for so many years. Hmm. And it finally came to a point 
where, um, and fast forward, there's a lot of other things I could share with you, but where I realized that my biggest issue was my identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who God was. And so I did a Bible study that really, really helped me. It was called Believing God by Beth Moore. And uh, I did that multiple times. And I just started to realize that God is who he says he is, regardless of our circumstances. And um, that started to help me heal. We ended up having a, a baby then went through three more miscarriages after that. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, we may never get to legacy, but this is a legacy of, <laughs> of faith and doubt. Um, I think I was wondering, I questioned in my mind when you were talking, do you think that we attach faith in God so much to Him answering the prayers and desires of our hearts so mm-hmm. that when they aren't answered, our faith is broken on the other hand, if our prayers are immediately answered, we don't get to exercise our faith muscles. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, what do you recommend? Well, <laughs> we're not really in control of what we recommend, but it's almost like you can, I'm sure you've been able to comfort so many moms who have, oh, who are going, gone through uh, infertility mm-hmm. and miscarriages as a result. That's always a win win-win, though it didn't feel that way at the time. Yeah. Um, so I interrupted you, but that was just a, a sort of a question. Did you want to say anything about that? <laughs> well, I think it's true. I think when we have a deep desire and we don't see God answering it, um, it can really rattle our faith because we go, okay, God, why not me? I was uh, working as a domestic violence victim advocate at the time. We couldn't have children. And I was working with women who are in abusive situations, um, sometimes who are telling me uh, in confidence, you know, I'm going to go have an abortion because I can't take take care of this child. Um, And we used to say, oh, a lot of these women are fertile myrtles. They're having babies all the time, you know? And for me, I felt just deep, deep rejection because of my own, you know, baggage. Um, But as I began to recognize who God was and I stopped looking at myself for the answers, I things started to change for me. And when we had three more miscarriages after our son was born, oh. we we went to um, a service where every year people pray and they ask God for babies. And I felt so awkward being there. Yeah. And that's a whole yeah. other story. Um, but there was a surrender that happened in my heart where I said, and I think that this goes back to your question, Sue, um, either way, I'm following you. Mm-hmm. Either way. No matter whether you give me this baby that I want so bad, another one or not, um, I'm I'm choosing you, and I'm blaming you because I'm holding my life with you, and that for me was a huge turning point in my life. Fast forward a few years, and therapy that helped me get through some different rejection issues that I was struggling with. I I highly recommend that. I have a master's in counseling psychology, so if you need therapy, go get it. <laughs> but um, and anyway, um. I started reading this book called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Oh, that's a good one. And it wrecked my life a little bit because I felt like there was such a reson- it, it resonated with my heart. Everything that I've been feeling for so long, I'd been comparing like, wow, Christians do this and Christians do that. So if that Christian can do that, maybe I can do that, you know, this kind of thing. And I realized as I was, I had a, a guest on my podcast say, confidence comes from alignment. As I aligned myself with the Lord and I aligned myself with who He is, who He says I am, and therefore <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens on this earth. Like it is about Him and about me just being who, who He made me to be. 
and being surrendered to him. And as I was like, wow, crazy love, the whole premise of the book is to, um, you know, if God is who he says he is and he's created us, then how are we responding to that crazy love? And we started praying about opening up our home and uh, wow. living with intentionality. Yeah. And that, was and that led had to... had one baby. You had just one baby at the time. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I'm sorry. I, I skipped over uh, oh, that's okay. four babies. Our youngest was, uh, I think, 10 months old when we started pursuing, are we going to do adoption? Are we going to do foster care? Are we going to move to a tiny home? Are we going to move overseas? Yeah. My husband wasn't for any of that stuff, yeah. uh, except for adoption, uh, hopefully someday in the future. But wow, God really brought the exchange opportunity into our life. And um, we realized very quickly that there is a lot of young people around the world who grow up with fake news about Christianity and Jesus. Mm-hmm. They've, never, they've never met him personally. They maybe have never known a Christian, and um, it became our ministry. So I'm sorry to give that long answer oh, to no, your no, no. beautiful question. I, I asked because we're, I totally get what you're talking about, as not mm-hmm. about the infertility, but about what do you want us to do with this life we've been given? And wow, we don't have to go abroad. They are so anxious to come to the States. Yeah, and the parents of these students adore us because we're taking care of their some of them their one prized possession. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, students from China, and only children, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the fact that we can care be caregivers for them in a real sense of the word, they become brothers and sisters to our kids. Yeah, it's pretty and, exciting. Um, I agree, and. It's interesting when we go around and we, we share sometimes at churches, not recently, but we used to where we would, because I became a coordinator for exchange. So if anyone is listening and wants to become an exchange uh, parent, I can hook you up with some great kids. Wonderful. But anyway, we um, one thing that I share with people is the State Department has been sponsoring kids coming to the U.S. for years. And the reason why they do it is because they believe that when kids come over here and they experience the American culture, it doesn't just it's not just a movie or what they hear on the news anymore. It becomes real to them. Right. It becomes something that they can take back to their families. And so I just, uh, you know, when I talk with Christians, I say, you know, that's a great opportunity for believers because you have somebody come into your home for a certain amount of time and you get to just love on them mm-hmm. and you get to be real with them. And over a period of time, you can't be fake anymore. I mean, you can be nice, you know, maybe for... Oh, they heard <laughs> me argue. They've seen me cry. Yep. So cute. I remember I cried after work one day and Yvonne from China comes, is there anything I can... Can I help you make dinner? I go, no, that's all right. But yeah. it was, you know, that's real life. Yep. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in their hearts because we are that's sowing right. seed even with our own children. So you have four kids and you have four abroad. And uh, would you put uh, a link also, send me the link for the exchange program. Um, And I'll put the link in for Crazy Love, that wonderful book. So that was just about your family. Um, (laughs) But I want to talk about your podcast uh, because it's near and dear to my heart about doubting faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we don't talk enough about our doubts. I wish someone had said in chapel when I was in college, that you might doubt your faith someday. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if people who were speaking in chapel never doubted, because some people, I mean, I've said my testimony to people, they go, oh, well, I never did. And yeah. that's fine. But give people the permission, especially young people, when they're going off to college, uh, and mine was in a Christian college, to be able to voice 
Yeah. Maybe there isn't a God. And the only reason I believe there is a God is because I was raised that way. Yeah. So um, what may your uh, podcast, again, let me repeat the title, Finding Something Real. Give me the four um, words from real, the acronym. Yeah. It's restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And how did you come up with those? <laughs> I Now, this praying. is only a 25-minute <laughs> podcast, yeah, so yeah, no, say it quickly. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I just was praying and seeing, wow. asking God, you know, like, what is special about you? What is something, you know, that you, you alone offer this world? And that's the whole premise of the podcast, that those things are only found in relationship with Jesus Christ. So that if someone would come to you and say, um, my husband left me, I was raped by an uncle, uh, my children have left me, uh, how can you tell me that God is a loving God? What mm -hmm. would you say? How can he restore me? It sounds phony. What would you say? <laughs> I think the first thing I would say is uh, if that person did come to me, it's important just to listen uh, because brokenness is real. And uh, sin is real. And the evil things that happen in this world is real. And that's why I think the gospel is so powerful, because it gives meaning to uh, all the darkness. Um, it brings redemption and restoration in a way that this world doesn't. Um, but I would, I would allow that person to express those doubts, because that's authentic and I, I agree with you, Sue. I don't think the church does. Um, I mean, I, I'm a Christian. Obviously, I've grown up in the church. So those are my brothers and sisters. And, and I've been guilty of this too. But I think there are times when we have not allowed people this space to express genuine hurt and pain and suffering. Um, and we give these pat answers. And so um, there's probably a lot I would say to that. But I think the first thing I would do is I would pause and I would listen. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by David Augsburger, and it says, being hurt is so close to being loved that to the average person, it's virtually indistinguishable. Um, I may have misquoted that a bit there, but it's true. And I think that if we just stopped and listened to people and we asked God, the Holy Spirit, to give us a response, um, and we allowed Him to answer those prayers, you know, as we're praying in our heads and somebody comes and asks those hard questions, He always provides. He does always show up. So, I'm intrigued by your question to God. Uh, what was what's most important about you? Mm -hmm. uh, and to come up with restoration, we all need restoration, and the world needs restoration. And then the second one is uh, eternity. Why did you choose that? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know if I said what's important to you, but I was thinking what is unique about Him. Um, I chose eternity because Christ offers eternity with Him. Right. Yeah. And that this world is not all there is, which is a, mm -hmm. a part of the legacy. Yeah. Uh, and authenticity, well, you've already expressed that, that you are an authentic person. I think our authenticity um, is fine-tuned when we've suffered. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because why be fake? <laughs> well, and I think, man, I've heard this so many times, but when we are real and vulnerable with people, it allows people to be real and vulnerable with us. It sets a, le a level playing field. Yes, which is what I talk about when I talk about hospitality, which is my main thing, because uh, although I've had 
a friend walk in the house one day and said, well, I feel better about my house now, which I think (laughs) was being very authentic. And I think maybe she thought it was a compliment, but I just decided (laughs) to take it as one because uh, when 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 you put on the dog, no one else wants to invite you over, number one, or they think they can never do it. And that's not the truth. Mm -hmm. And we all have Jesus. Uh, Those of us who know Christ, we have the same Holy Spirit to be able to offer him. I get nervous talking to non-Christians thinking I wouldn't be able to answer all their questions, like Mm. their scientific questions and things like that. Do you ever feel that fear? Oh, absolutely. And I think too, you know, one of the great things about my podcast is I invite guests to come on and speak to co-hosts who do have deep, hard questions. And um, and that's something I'm currently doing. And there are times, and I, I shared, you know, feeling a burden. There are times when people share a question. I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. There are some questions that I don't know the answer to. There's some questions that maybe I do, and I just feel a little insecure about expressing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I give a, a freebie away to people who sign up for my email list. It's all about the hard questions that people are asking mm-hmm. and ways that you can respond in love and scripturally to that. Um, but I think it just takes practice and it takes stepping out in faith and going, okay, Lord, who is it around me today? that's hurting that you've brought into my life or that has questions that you brought into my life and how can I love on them today? And would you empower me with your Holy Spirit to just be all that you created me to be? These hands and these feet, they're yours. And I want to just be used for your glory. And he is so faithful, Sue, to answer that. And we don't have to have all the answers. A lot of times he'll bring other people along the way Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't his perfect timing because he's about his glory and uh, he's not going to leave us He's not going to leave us or forsake us in that. And I love it that we're a team because we might say one thing to maybe a retail clerk, but we don't know who they're going to see the next day mm-hmm. and who would sow the seed a little further. So That's our right. job is to be sensitive. I call it having a hospitality antenna. And I don't mean having people for coffee. I mean, welcoming them to God himself. Mm-hmm. And so if our antenna is in good working order, the only way my antenna is in good working order is when I am authentic with God myself. And that takes time, takes um, intentionality, a purposeful starting with him, ending with him and everything in between. As you know, my uh, podcast is about legacy and we've heard, I'm sure what part of your legacy is, but what legacy do you want to make sure that you pass down to those who uh, know and love you? Mm. Every morning when I take my kids to school, I try to do this every morning. I ask them, who are you? Who loves you? Uh, And they'll say, well, we're children of God. God loves us. Uh, And they'll say, you love us too or whatever. And I'll say, is anything today going to change that? They'll say no. And then I'll say this. I'll say, go and be a light. Because if you've been filled with that light, you get to go pour it out to other people. And I just have such a a burden for that. Um, John Piper sometimes talks about a sign that was up in his kitchen growing up, and it would say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's what I want my legacy to be. I want my children to see the eyes of hurting people in this world and know the love of Christ so deeply that they are so filled with Him that it comes pouring out of them to the people around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to say ministry is spillage. And so whatever is <laughs> yeah. filling up with us, it's kind of like you accidentally hit somebody who's 
carrying a cup of tea and it spills out. But what do do I want to be spilled out? Because people knock us around, you know, Mm -hmm. our own thoughts knock us around. The media knocks us around. So what's going to spill out? Well, the light of Christ, but only when I'm so filled up, as it says in, I think, Ephesians 3, that I may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That's the only way to be that light. Mm -hmm. And my word of the year is light. So I'm going to add that. (laughs) You just said. So let's repeat those questions. Who are you? And Mm -hmm. they say, a child of God. Yeah. Or do they say, my name's Brian? What do they say? No, no. no. (laughs) My husband's name is Brian. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Who loves you? And then... um, They'll say... Um, our, everyone in our family, who loves you the most? And uh, they'll say, God. And um, I'll say, is anything today going to change that? No. And then sometimes I'll go on about things that might happen in the day. And I'll say, will anything separate you from the love of Christ? No. And I'll say, so go and be a light. Mm. That's what I want my go kids to be know. a light. Yeah. I shortened it. I'm not sure my kids would have been patient for four questions, but I used to say, <laughs> um, Remember who and whose you are, yeah. which is the same thing, just in a shorter way that they are. I used to say, well, you're a Donaldson, so that's why you don't do that, or that's why we do do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, their identity, a family identity, is different from the world's identity. And then, of course, their main family is the family of God. And who's there that they belong, because everybody has a deep yearning to belong. And so right. even the orphan or the student that would come over from a foreign land and feel so alone, because we've had some of our students in tears until they got adjusted, mm. that they belonged to God. And that's your main belonging. Because I've lived abroad. I was single till I was 35. And I felt alone a lot. And mm. uh, that's where you make, you make your home with Jesus. And then that gives yeah. you strength to uh, be a better wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Right. Um, it's, you've already answered the question about what challenges that you've had to overcome. Was there anything else that you, for someone who's listening, who does not feel enough, what would be the main mm. bit of a tip or advice, an action step they could do right now today? Yeah. Get into the word of God and see what he says about who he is and who you are. Do you have a favorite verse for that? Oh, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 1 is a good place. I always send people to Ephesians 1. Yeah. Um, for you are God's workmanship. Is that the one you send people to? No. Creating that's Christ Colossians, Jesus. but that's okay. a good one too. Or maybe it's that's Ephesians. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows that you were created for such a time as this? That's in Esther. Um, mm. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's in Psalms. I don't know all the references mm. off the top of my head. But listen, this is what I do often, and it's very easy to do. Go to Google, type in. What does the the Bible say about who I am and who God is? Mm. Um, it's really simple, and you'll be amazed at what He says about you. And if you are living in the bondage of lies about who you are and your identity, something that's really helpful sometimes is to write out those verses and put them on your mirror and remember every time you look at yourself who He is. And I I actually spend a lot more time talking about who He is and who I am, because as the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's implicit that when we love Him with all our heart, we will love ourselves because we'll love others. We'll know who we are because of His identity. Mm -hmm. It's who's your daddy. Mm -hmm. If you know who your daddy is, you'll know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's it's so true. And when you see someone who's cruel, like the mean girls, or you see someone who's insecure and staying in their house instead of reaching out, it's 
it's because they don't believe who God has made them, mm-hmm. which is a masterpiece in the information. Uh, what would you say to someone today as far as leaving uh, your legacy? What would be the best thing that they could do? Mm. I don't know. I was just thinking about the parable of the talents and um, that, that story in the Bible has had a profound impact on my life. But one of the things about that story, if you're not familiar, is there's a master who goes away and he leaves uh, talents. He leaves treasure with his servants. And he, what the servants do is two of them, they invest the money. He leaves one with five and he invests it. I think I'm getting the details right, so you probably know better than it's I do. It's all right. right. Yep. Everybody can go the Google it. <laughs> That's right. Go Google. The <laughs> other one invests. He uh, has a return. The master says, well done, good and faithful servants. Um, you've been faithful with little. I'll now give you a lot. But there's a third servant who takes the little that he has, he's, <laughs> and it says that he, he knew that the master was a hard man, oh. and he didn't, he didn't invest it right. He hid it. And I think so often that's what we do when we misunderstand the nature of our Heavenly Father. When we think, oh, He's hard, He's judgmental, He he hates people, you know, whatever lies that the world might tell us about who God is. Um, We then don't know who we are. We don't invest in the things that God has given us. And listen, I've overcome a lot of things. Um, You know, being afraid to speak out loud is one of them. And God says, who made your mouth? I made it, and you just go and do the thing that I've called you to do. And the more time you spend in His presence, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. You don't need to worry about all that stuff. Spend time with Him. It sounds so simple, friend. And you'll know who you are, and you'll go out and be a light. Mm. Yeah. We, we waste so much try, time uh, complaining about who God made us. We waste time thinking we're not enough, and we waste time trying to be someone that we're not. Like the introvert trying to be the extrovert, the extrovert trying to be the introvert, um, the writer who's trying to be the speaker or whatever. I mean, not that we can't have multiple gifts, but when we (laughs) sit on the sidelines and go, I want to be in that lane. And God says, but I've given you gifts here. Go Mm -hmm. and do them. I just love that simple command. It sounds simple, when is it hardest for you to accept who God has made you? When well, you haven't funny. gotten enough sleep? <laughs> well, it's funny that, that you just said all that because I feel like God's called me to be a communicator, a writer, and a speaker. Um, I'm an ambivert, uh, literally yeah. on the, right on that line, introvert, yeah. extrovert, ENFP, INFP, depending on the day. Yeah. And when people say, oh, you know, and all these things, sometimes you go, oh, maybe I'm doing this wrong. And ultimately... I'll go back to what I said earlier. Confidence comes from alignment. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. It matters about, okay, God, I want whatever you're, (laughs) Beth Moore said this one time, whatever you're giving, I want it. It's it's just that simple, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, this has been a huge blessing. Uh, Did I miss anything that you wanted to share today? I don't think so. It was pretty comprehensive. (laughs) (laughs) I talked a lot. (laughs) No, no, no. I, uh, I talk a lot too. I am an extrovert and, um, and it's been a huge blessing. I know it'll be an encouragement to two of my listeners and I appreciate you so much and, uh, Lord bless you on the ministry that he's given you with helping people who are sitting in the back pew, not sure that God, 
uh, really loves them and knows Mm -hmm. them or even exists. So thank you so much, Janelle Wood. And we are going to be putting all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much and bless you. you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.